What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking with the Source. You've got me tonight, unfortunately. <clears throat> AJ has a... Well, he said he's not feeling well, but I reckon he's got a medical emergency. He's either fractured a nasal hair or he has sprained an eyebrow. One of the two. I'm not sure which one it is, but he should be back for next week's show. Uh, but I just want to give a quick shout out to the Global Ghost Hunt. We are coming back. We've had a successful one in May there. We are coming back in October. Go to www.globalghosthunt.com. See all the details on there. Get everything you need on there. Sign up. Get your team signed up. Get your location. Get everything ready. And it will be an absolute blast like it was there. So uh, there's that. Uh, I can't think of anything else. I'm going to have to shout out, really. Uh, yeah, talking with the source, yeah. But anyway, a guest tonight is absolutely fantastic lady, fantastic. She has upwards of, I'm sure it's, she'll correct me maybe if I'm wrong, 27 books she's written, uh, paranormal stories and stuff like that. Uh, so without any more interruptions, not that we've had any, but we will bring her on. So it is... Welcome to Shani Struthers. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Hi there. Oh, it's Shani, by the way. Everyone says Shani, but it is Shani. Shani Struthers. Sorry about that. Well, was it right? I mean, was it right in the twenty-seven mark for the books, or? Yeah, uh, it is around the twenty-seven mark. Uh, although I'm actually working on my twenty-eighth right now and finishing that up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, out actually available to buy a twenty-seven. Yeah. There you, there you go. You have it now. Breaking news. There's a 28th one on the way. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the usual question we ask everybody. Uh, what got you into the paranormal and interested in the paranormal? Okay. Well, um, my mum got me into the paranormal. She uh, was very much into, should we say, the spiritual and made a lifetime study of it. Um, examining all aspects of the spiritual, good, the bad, and the ugly, as we know. And, um, and of course, she imparted a, a lot of uh, knowledge towards me. Um, and um, so I was just became very interested in it from a young age. Plus, I have had some um, paranormal experiences of my own, especially as a child. You can elaborate now if you want. Um, well, I suppose... Um, one of one of the uh, tales I have to tell. I was I was five. I was uh, in Cornwall on the beach. Um, oh, I'd lovely! <laughs> and I, I love Cornwall. Talk about this beforehand. <laughs> and I wandered off. Um, and as you know, on the beaches on Cornwall, the tide comes rushing extremely quickly, and uh, I got cut off from everyone. And I was on a um, on a rock. I'd climbed up on a rock because the sea was just coming in so quickly and um, and I knew I was going to die, basically drown. 
And I remember looking, I was panicking, but I remember looking at to see anything, you know, oh my God, I'm going to drown. What the hell is that going to be like? And I was panicking. And uh, and then suddenly there were these two people sitting with me, um, an older man, an older woman. And I remember the woman more. She was dressed in like a tweed suit with a pearl necklace. So strange clothes on the beach. <laughs> and what the hell? And they said, look, whatever happens, we want you to know two things. You won't be alone and it won't hurt. OK, we're with you. And I remember then I, I looked back out to see as it was all rushing in. I just thought it will be OK. Whatever happens, it will be OK. And I sort of made my peace, even though I was just five. I sort of made my peace with the fact that I was going to drown and I wasn't frightened anymore. And But the upshot is um, I got rescued. The lifeboat came around, located me, and I got rescued. And it was only years later when I said, I said to my mum, I said, why did they not rescue the other two people that were on the rock with me? Why was it just me? She said, there wasn't anyone with you. So, but there was, as we know. But, um, you know, and, and just various experiences like that, really. But more as a child, strange enough. Um, or maybe not strangely, because when I think as a, ch as a child, you're, you're very open you know, your third yeah. eye is, is, is open, as it were, to the paranormal. As you get older, other things take over and you become more grounded in the material world, I suppose. A lot of things always seem to happen. And, you know, us hosts, how we get into it. And then you ask a lot of guests and stuff how they get into it. It always seems to be the same thing. Mm. You know, yeah. that always seems to start, you know, in childhood and then, and progress from there, you know. It's, but then yeah. they always say that uh, kids are more susceptible. Well, I think we're just more open as children. We're more open to it. We're, you know, the, the shutters haven't come down fully, you know. Yeah. We've, we, we've come, you know, we're born, so we've come from the other side, sort of, so we're closer to that side than we are to, you know, to this side uh, going through life. But as Absolutely. I say, yeah. Yeah, you know, as you get older, it's just, you know, you're bombarded with so much schoolwork, you know, friends friends, and all that kind of politics that goes with that. And you become more entrenched, I think, in the material world, possibly going back to it when you're a bit older and you've got past a certain stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some people remain with it all their lives. I mean, I, I came away from it for a while. Um and then, I, and then I went back to it, you know. Yeah. So, but there's nothing wrong. No, nothing wrong with living a. You know, we are in a material existence. Nothing wrong wrong with living a material existence. You yeah. Know? Some of so, us are open. I was wanting to ask you. Well, first of all, I'll say hello to Ward Van der Plaas and also to Charles Rudd. How are you doing? Um, <laughs> I was wanting to ask you. Uh. How, well, there's two questions in one, really. Uh, the first, obviously, it was how did you get into to writing about the paranormal, and and also your your books that you've written. You know, are are they all about true stories, or is you know, is some of them just like like just paranormal stories in general that you've written about? Well, it's a mix of both. Um, how I got into it. Um... I, I, I've been a writer all my life. I went to university, studied English, uh, left university, got a job uh, as a travel writer. And, um, yeah, I've been a, I was a travel writer for 20 years. 
Um, but I always wanted to write um, about the paranormal, especially the more that I got to know about it. You know, um, I wanted to write to write about it. And so I did, I, you know, through throughout the year. So I, I started writing when I was 40. And, you know, during that time, you, you pick up a lot of what people say about the paranormal and the tales that they have to tell. And uh, also um, studying the work of some occultists as well, etc. The, the kind of stuff that they, uh, they discovered um during the courses of their lives uh about the spiritual and uh, so that all goes into the books so the first book i wrote was this one um which is um psychic surveys book one the haunting of highdown hall and um that's part of so far a is it eight or nine nine book series um and Psychic surveys was was actually a business idea. Uh, my husband is a structural engineer, does house surveys, and he went to one where uh, the people that were going to buy it said, and the people that were indeed selling it were like, "What? There's something wrong with this house, and I wish that we could find out what and clear it before these these new people buy it." And um, and, and they were quite open with the new people, and they said, "Well, we'll do some research and what have you." And and Rob said he'll he'd go away and do some research as well. Turned out very very sadly um, that um, a teenager had hung themselves there, very very sadly. And um, and she said, "You know, th this is what people need to know before they're buying places, etc. You know, we we need somebody to go in and do like a psychic survey and then clear the place." before, you know, try to clear the place, move, if there's a lingering presence, move it on, you know, yeah. um, or, or, or just clear the place of negative energy. So, and, uh, and my mum said, well, you know, my, it was my mum and and, and um, her, her colleague who went in and actually did the clearing, uh, you know, the spiritual cleansing of, of the place. Um, I mean, so, you know, she said this would be a great business idea, um, but of course, it's fraught with difficulties in 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 the uh, you know in in real life. But I thought, hang on, this is a great idea for a book. A group of psychics who would go in and do the psychic cleansings of of different properties, you know, and and all the sort of delving into the whys and wherefores of why that particular property has come to be haunted as such. Yeah, so, you know, so psychic surveys is a group that um, of psychics uh, that's uh, specialise in domestic spiritual clearance, and uh, and it can get very very dark indeed throughout the series of of the uh, the books, you know, as to why certain properties, you know, are haunted. Yeah, we've actually had um, the, this kind of a chat with a on a couple of other podcasts. I'll be quite interested to find out because we were uh, talking about Cornwall as well. Yeah. Uh, and when you said about studying like occultists and stuff, if I mention a name, Alistair Crowley to you. Uh, uh, he's, he makes it into a lot of my books, Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you know that there's a house in Cornwall that he frequented? Yes, I do. Now, I've forgotten the name of it, but I do indeed. And I know the person it, that also used to own it. Uh, but it's, it's, in, it's in wreck and ruin now. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going down there. to. I've, been, I've tried to find it before. I never got to it. Oh. But, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, what I did was, the, the last time I was there, 
I actually thought it would be a good idea to go at night and look for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's when I got out of the car and I wandered off on my own and I was walking through all this, you know, bush and trees and stuff and then I was like, I'm going to get lost here. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. And, and also you, you obviously know how to protect yourself in case there's negative energy still lingering around there. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, not going to, uh, obviously... You, you've got a fair idea or else you know where it is. I'm not going to obviously set on here for for people to go because it's uh, it's one of them ones that if you don't know what you're doing or you go yeah. just for the sake of going, you could end yeah. up getting yourself in, in a whole lot of trouble. So I'm yeah, not going to yeah. mention it. Have you, been, have you been to the place in Scotland? Overlooking no. Scotland? No. No. no that's, that's I, I, I know where it is. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that Black Sabbath bought, wasn't it? Uh, Jimmy Page, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Page. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Jimmy Page, yeah. A lot of um, there. I think, I think it's it's empty now, isn't it? Or it's is someone else? Burned down, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a part of it burned down, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to try and get to it. It's interesting. But, it's an interesting place. <clears throat> yeah. So, the... The, the, the whole Alistair Crowley thing, a lot of people have different views on him yeah. as to what, what kind of a, of a person he was. A lot of people will tell you that he was the most evil man in the world. And then other people will tell you, well, no, he, he wasn't. He was just like looking in the scientific aspects of it and was good at his job. You know, yeah. so there. I think, um, in fact, it's discussed by the psychics in, in, in the Psychic Survey series. They discuss that and they both give uh, arguments for and against, you know, someone like Alistair Crowley. But um, I think he, he the trouble with Crowley was he believed in his own hype in the end and he did die sad and penniless and a, and a drug addict in Hastings, didn't he? So, um, so he came to a murky end. But, yeah, I mean, we've all got the right to delve into these things and, try and find out if you know and, and to question stuff you know and and that's what he did and we've all got that right you know we've all got the the free will rather to do that yeah and that's what he did. so um you know that that was up to him and he documented some of the stuff and that was that it's interesting yeah yeah he, he comes across as <clears throat> as quite an interesting character because he yeah. also had a few, he also had a few places abroad as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, like in Paris, I think there was a terrible incident in Paris um, that came to a murky end, wasn't there? When he and somebody else tried to raise a demon in a flat in Paris, and uh, and his uh, colleague, well, he was Crowley was found a gibbering mess, and his colleague was found dead. So, I mean, they certainly, um, you know, sort of. There's so much that we don't know about this material world that we live in, you know, and I think you have to be so careful about what, how far you go. And be, and if you do go a certain, you know, if you do go quite far, be prepared for what you might unearth. And, yeah. um, and even, you know, Crowley, you know, as he, he was a man who did take it to the limits, but wasn't always quite prepared for what he, you know, unearthed, I think. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very it can be a very uh, concerning concerning thing for the likes of us people. 
when you know, when you know that there's there's people out there who will like how can I put it that they'll they'll just think to themselves we need something to do here I know what we'll do we'll go and try and hunt ghosts and it's like you know you, yeah. you you walk into these places you're not protecting yourself you're not you know you're not reading up on these places you're not reading up on how to protect yourself what yeah. to do you know what I mean and it's it's quite concerning really that you know we, we go places and <clears throat> I've been hit I've been pushed I've had things thrown at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I know how to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to know how to deal with it if you want to, um, you know, go go that far. You know, a lot of, a lot of, um, see, I don't like the word horror. I don't like horror books. I write supernatural suspense or paranormal thrillers, whatever you call it. But I, unfortunately, my books have to go into the category of horror on, um, on places like Amazon, etc. because basically they think, oh, it's got a ghost in it. It has to be horror. It's not horror. I don't write horror. I, my books, the, I'm different in the way I deliver the stories. They're not. It's not gratuitous. Like my books are very, very human, but we deal with the spiritual side of life. But actually, it's incredibly human. Um, and uh, I don't like horror because uh, for me, horror is just gratuitous. It can be ignorant. I don't like the word ghost hunt. I don't go ever go hunting for ghosts. You know, why would you go hunting for them? Um, and you know, I, I'm very careful in my books not to and and in my views not to be treat this subject gratuitously. Um, yeah. But with great respect, and I've also pulled back when I've gone down to Dark and Avenue because I have been very, I mean, if you can see my desk here, it's covered in protective crystals. My, there are crystals all over my, there's protection all <laughs> over. Um, because I do open, you know, and I've spoken to, to I, I don't consider myself psychic, but I've, I've spoken to people who are psychic. You know, I, I am opening myself by writing about the psychic world to yeah. negative energy um, because I'm writing about negative energy and there are things that have happened and I've really got to pull the pull the you know shutters down and be protected. Yeah. And and and, and draw back, you know. Um, Absolutely. And, and and I'm not gonna go that far just a thriller reader. I'm I'm going to I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the spiritual world and I treat it completely with respect in my stories and that is really important to me. Yeah. I'm just gonna uh, one second to see if I can find. Oh, um, I've got a question on here, and I've also got uh, a good friend of ours on here, uh, yeah. Nando. He's actually in Southampton, not far from you. Yeah, uh, I've got Charles Rudd saying, I've been trying to write a book about my near-death experiences for two years, but I'm at a block. Any advice? Um, writing isn't for everyone. It really isn't. But um, And a book is a huge undertaking. A book, you know, is typically eighty to 90,000 words, so it's a huge undertaking. So perhaps don't think of it in terms of a book. Think initially as you're writing down your near-death experiences, or, you know, as as a short story, maybe break it down to about 5,000 words at first and see what you have on the paper. 
And if you feel comfortable with that, you can ex extend it a bit or whatever. But a book is a huge undertaking, especially if, you know, if you've not written one before. It, it, so you could start in increments rather than going the whole hog. I mean, I wrote for 20 yeah. years before I wrote a book, you know, in the, in the holiday industry, admitted, but I wrote for 20 years before I wrote a book. Yeah. So maybe yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean any, any advice from someone like yourself, you know, I mean, for people who, who are there here wanting to do that kind of thing, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, any advice is welcome like that. Uh, Nando, if you're still watching, I have sent you a message. If you want to jump on for a bit, you can. I've sent you the link as well. Um, so when, when, when you're writing your books, do, do you obviously, do you just sort of like, the ideas come to you and you think, right, I'm going to start writing, or do you sort of write sort of pointers down here and there and, and then and then start when you've got a lot of now, ideas? Um, some, sometimes a book will, will, will require a lot of research beforehand, and I'll write, say, 30, 30 pages of research, which I can dip and delve into. Uh, other times I've just got a basic idea, um, uh, say a start point and an end point, and I just sit down and start writing it. And I let, yeah. and I'll let the book, I let the characters dictate how I get from A to B, as it were. But you know, I mean, the book I'm working on at the moment, um, which is a ghost story set in an apartment in Rome, um, and is to do also. With, it's, it's set in modern times, but it's also set during World War Two. You know, there's a huge amount of um, research to do for something like that. So um, that's got as I say, about 30 to 40 pages of research Rome during World War II and everything that took place there. Um, so I couldn't start that book without having got the basis of research. But some some books don't need that amount of research in. They only need a far smaller amount or I will research as I go. Um, for instance, in another book called Rise to Me, which is a second book in the Psychic Surveys um, series, um, there's a lot done about tulpas, um, you know, uh, sort of spiritual entities that, that you create by thought. So, yeah. um, so I didn't know I was going to really put that in, but I did put it in. So I, I, I researched en route whilst writing that book, and um, especially the work of Alexander David Neal, who um, she was uh, a, a woman, Tibetan um, she well, she she wasn't Tibetan, but she 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 sort of lived as a Tibetan monk for a while, who actually brought into being her own tulpa and did a hell of a lot of work um, and research on this and work, and then had trouble getting rid of it once she brought it into being. <laughs> um, you know, manifestation, etc. So and, and and you know, she wrote a lot about that. So I would research that on route because I didn't know I was actually going to put that in, but it was actually relevant to the plot. If you see what I mean. Yeah. So, it depends. I mean, you know, after twenty-seven books, you you, you take it as a, you know, you, it's it's still a ride, and you still don't know which way you're going to come at it from. Sometimes it's just but, it's fantastic though to hear someone like yourself that has, after twenty-seven books, that still has the I'm going to write more. I'm going to write more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you get people that they'll, they'll they'll do certain things, and they'll you know, the, like, for instance, writing books. Yeah. I would I would find that extremely hard. I'd love to write a book myself about experiences and things that I've had, but I would yeah. just find that so 
It's not for everyone. Honestly, I mean, people always say to me, oh, I'd love to write a book. But honestly, sit down and try it. It's not for everyone. You know, it, it, it's, I think it requires, and I have got this a huge amount of discipline, but also tunnel vision. When you write that book, you, you, you have to completely switch off from the world that you're living in and go into this world. And yeah. it's probably, you know, you've got to just completely go down that road and um, and immerse yourself. And you've got to keep, sw- it's really difficult because you've got to be sweet, keep switching, you know, between that world and then your real life. <laughs> and the two can get quite confused at that moment, don't you? You know. Do, do you uh, not find it hard, though, if you're writing a book? Like, but this, this is where I'd have problems is where I'd, I'd started off okay. Mm. And I'd already have the end in mind, yeah. but it would be it would be the chunk in the middle where it'd be like I'll put this and I'll put that and I'll put oh wait a minute I forgot to put that in there and then you know you and then you'd yeah. be like you'll get a certain way and then you'd be like shit I forgot to put that in and and then you're trying to figure out now where did this go and you know yeah. Yeah, to you me yeah yeah you you need to, to me if I was doing it I'd need to be able to sit down for a couple of days probably and think right. What am I going to put in it? And I need to number them from one, you know, obviously one being the start and then yeah. going down with all the different. And then obviously you could take take one out of the middle or put another one in above it. And, you yeah. know, I need to have all my ideas written down, ne- nearly nearly like chapters, if you know what I mean. I yeah. need to have them all yeah. written down yeah. and then think, right, once I have that, then I know where I'm going. But you see, that that that's what, that's what some authors do. I mean, there's... They say there's two camps. There's the planners, which you're just, you know, which you're talking about, and there's yeah. people like me who are the pantsers, who fly literally by the seat of our pants, and we just sit down with a vague idea and just, okay, take me. You just open the floodgates and you trust in the muse and you just go, and and the the characters will take. And it's I lo- I prefer that approach for me because um, for me. If, if the characters are surprising me with what they're doing, because well, I didn't think that would happen, but okay, let's go with it. Then it's going to surprise the reader as well. Whereas I think yeah. it takes away that element of surprise. But people work differently, you know. People, whatever, whatever gets the story told. Yeah. You know? But you've got to have a good memory as well when you when when you when you write books because you've got to remember every word that you've written so that you can think oh, I haven't contradicted myself there or as you say I've got. A, flesh that scene out a bit more because I've got to put this in. You know, you've got to remember every word. And I do yeah. virtually. And then as soon as a book's out, that book's gone and I'm on to the next one, you know, and I'm remembering every word and every scene in that one instead. And I can't <laughs> remember what goes in. And when I don't have to remember, I don't. You know, I forget what. Yeah. I, I need to read my books again because I forget all the stuff that goes in <laughs> <laughs> I'm just focused on the on the latest one. But right. So yet. with came with came to the to the bit we're waiting on. Yeah. Your recent Australia trip. Oh yeah. So yeah. on that. Um, well, I went to I had a sabbatical. I went to Australia for a month. Um, took took a month off. Went over to see some friends. Went with friends to see some friends and stay with them. Um, absolutely had an incredible time and um just didn't think about writing um however i do have an i do have an idea for a book setting on either set in australia or so i've traveled extensively all around america and i've set books in america um 
but I, I, I really wanted to do was get into the outback of Australia, you know, this desolate, desolate place. And uh, however, I, I, time just didn't permit for me to go as far as I wanted into into the outback, unfortunately. Um, still, I think I think I'm a, I'm, I'm a I was a travel writer. I can write about, you know, I can Google it all, every, all the information I need. So, yeah, I've got an idea for a book set there. So even when you're having a sabbatical and you're having a month off, the ideas come pouring in. But, yeah, what a great place. What a fantastic place. It's just so vast. So is this now, are you now telling us that you're, you're working on number 28 and you've got an idea for number 29? I've got a number, an idea for number 29, number 30, number 31. <laughs> and then I've got an idea for a, a, tri a, a, a trilogy, which, uh, which will have to start around the beginning of, well, about, about towards the middle to end of next year. The, the ideas don't stop. You know, once you, once you set yourself on a certain path, you know, something happens, I think. You know, and in terms of writing... Once I, once I, it took me 20 years to get out of travel writing and into novel writing, okay? And once I started and once I opened the floodgates, it's like you can't, you can't force it back shut again, yeah. you know? It's the ideas are just keep on coming. They just back up and up and up and you just, I just wish I could write faster. I, I am pretty <laughs> prolific. I can write three books a year, but... Because uh, I'm full time, that you know. So people say to me, "How can you write that many years?" But I am full time. I should be writing more. <laughs> but um, you know, I the ideas just back up. Yeah, I've got tons of ideas. I've got, I've got. I'm, I'm juggling loads of series. I've got the Psychic Survey series. I've got Reach for the Dead. I've got This Haunted World. You know, and I've got to sort of add to those. And also getting known for my Christmas ghost stories. So uh, I've got to write. Yeah one of those every year as well now because that's become a bit of a tradition yeah so do you actually do you go out investigating at all when like when you're here or when you're away anywhere do you go doing like investigations with other teams or no not really i i have done i've done quite a few in the past uh but not not really not anymore but i am drawn to if i you know if i'm if i'm anywhere wherever i am and i'll find you know place that's supposed to be haunted i am drawn to it and I'll, i will go to it and and do a little exploration of my own but uh i haven't been an organized one for quite a while now probably pre-covid yeah a lot, a lot of people a lot of people stopped obviously during covid and then like either didn't start again or or sort of you know started again a bit sporadically kind of thing uh it's just one of the one of them really things you need your own time yeah no i really enjoy them but i just you know it just hasn't i just haven't done it so i've just been doing other stuff so i suppose well, i've just been busy in my in my hovel writing you know my lonely garret producing the books <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i mean like, like you said just uh, even in even in the paranormal world like when you say with, with writing books even the likes of us were you know, with, with the podcast, with getting guests and with the with their own teams to go out and investigate, it just it's another thing. It just never stops. It just it's in your head constantly. You know, who oh, yeah. who do I have on next? Where are we going next? What are we going to get? I've still got three videos to edit. I've still got you know, and it's it's like you. I, can, I know how you can feel with writing the books because it just doesn't stop. It doesn't. It doesn't. Once you set yourself on that path, yeah. 
and it, yeah. Yeah, it's a great path. It's fascinating, and you know, and um, someone someone that you know will will send you another location, or you know, maybe yeah. a family member's been been driving past somewhere and they've seen it all boarded up, and they've said, "Oh, there's an abandoned building." So that's what I mainly do is is abandoned buildings because abandoned you're not you're not tied to yeah. asking anybody and paying for, for the going and stuff like that. And, yeah. and then it's like, you're like, oh, God's sake. But and in a way, you're excited because you're like, oh, I've got somewhere else to go. But it's like, where am I going to fit this in? <laughs> I know, I know. It's not enough hours in the day, is there? It's not enough time. No, it's no. Just, and doesn't time go quickly when you're having fun, you know? <laughs> I mean, on, on Monday, on Monday, I went out. And we went to went the from from where I am. I went to Pontefract, Thirty East Drive. Yeah. Went in there, sat in there for a while. Spoke to Carol, took some pictures and stuff. And yeah. then we went from there to a little a little church that's supposed to be haunted was near Weatherby. Yeah. And then when we went when we left Weatherby, we went to Sheffield. Mm, yeah, and did a, did a celebrity grave in Sheffield, and then we came home. So it was like, you know, yeah. It, yeah. Just, it just doesn't stop. And then you, you've got three videos there that you need to edit. You've got photographs yeah. that you need to go through. Then yeah. I get I get some on Monday night, and one yeah. of my friends online sent me, "Oh, here I found one for you." And I'm like, "Oh, no, no, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, the thing is, you can't in in this in this field. Yeah. I find that I use my YouTube channel literally for I call it for video storage mm. because I need somewhere to put them where I can always go back and view them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like you know, right? I've got I've got three to edit. I've got photos to go through. I've got another two to do. You know what I mean? And then. Someone message you and say, "Oh, that video you did three months ago, or whatever it was." You know, oh, we've heard something. Else. And you're like, oh, "I've got to go through that one again as well." Oh, <laughs> as much as you're excited for it, you're like, "Really? I just, I just haven't got the time." Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. And you can't. Another thing as well is you can't just knock a video out every day because yeah. the people who view them don't want to see one every day. They want to yeah. see either one a week or maybe two a week at the tops. Yeah. So you've got to try, so you're trying to back them up yeah. to go on. Yeah. And then you end up with loads of them backed up waiting to go on. And then it's just there's yeah. never a happy medium in it. No, no. Well, you just gotta keep on keeping on, just doing what we can, isn't it? You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can. And and we can only do what we can do. Hey, we we're human. We we might be spirits. Spirit, spirits, but we are on a human journey, and we <laughs> and we we're, we're limited. <laughs> exactly. So, do you want to do you want to tell us and the viewers a little bit more about uh, some of your different books that you have, and maybe show some of them to the viewers? And yeah, well, um, oh, it's your show, so you promote whatever you want to promote. Yeah, no, I'm best known for my Psychic Survey series, and that's the first book in the Psychic Survey series. And then you've got, you know, you've got Rise to Me and 
this second, Gil, 44 Gilmore Street, the third, and so on and so on. There are nine books in that series so far, but it's very, very popular. It's perhaps my most popular series. It's, it's basically right. what I'm known for. There's a, there's a character in, in the Psychic Survey series called Jed. Now, he's a dog, a spirit, a spirit guide dog. And he is extremely popular. Everyone loves Jed. So this year, this is my latest release. I uh, I wrote his. I wrote a story just involving Jed, uh, Black Labrador, as you can see, but a um, spirit uh, uh, dog, a spirit guide, and uh, that's quite. That's a very very dark book set in um, set in an uh, in a church, and the churches can be strange places, can't they? Yeah. Um. I, 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 oh, what I've, I've, other series, uh, Reach for the Dead, um, series. There's three books in that so far. That's set in America, this series. First book is called Mandy, and Mandy is actually a, um, a haunted doll. And I met Mandy in my travels through Canada. She's in a, um, a tiny little museum in the wilds of Canada, um, in a place called Quenelle. And um, she's hermetically sealed in a glass box, and she is very dangerous, Mandy. And this is this is her story. Um, when well, you say she's dangerous and she's a haunted doll, and I fully believe this because I, I know what they're like. But a lot of people don't necessarily believe that the dolls can be haunted. They just think that they just look scary. Any but object can have uh, negative energy attached to exactly. it. Exactly. Now, what is it this doll is supposed to have or supposed to do? She um, ha she sort of causes, um, you know, it, um, she causes negative emotions uh, in, in staff members, um, causes them to feel, I think, something of, of what's attached to her. Um, when they've left her out, they've gone in the next day and uh, things around her have been flung to the floor, um, you know, and, and ruined or broken and smashed. So there's negative, something negative attached to her. Yeah. People feel very uneasy. Uh, and as I say, emotional in a negative sense. Um, and, um, and so they have, um, they have put this doll in a glass cabinet. Um, I went and had a look at her. I must admit, yeah, there's a few frisses, but I think strange things with dolls um, when negative energy is attached because obviously the human aspect, you know, the fact that they, they've got two eyes and a nose and a mouth and uh, so we can relate a bit more. Um, so what fascinated me about Mandy was, is she haunted? Does she have a negative um, energy attached to her or is there a... Or is it just because we believe she has that we're frightened of her and we as humans are in because of this belief are creating creating a scenario okay. here to do with her? And that's what that book explores. And that's the first in a series. And the um where our main character um is gifted uh with psychometry. You know, she can handle objects and and feel the kind of energy that's coursing through them, and uh, yeah. So, um, so that's that. I also do a series called the This Haunted World series, which are books based in around the world's most haunted uh, locations, and they combine fact with fiction. 
This is the first book in that series called The Venetian, set in Venice, which, of course, is the most haunted, uh, well, supposed to be the most haunted city in the world. And it's set between Venice and Proveglia. I don't know if you've heard of Proveglia and the Venetian Lagoon. I have, yep, yep, I have indeed. So it's, uh, it, that's a story set between Venice and Proveglia. Um, second book in that series is The Eleventh Floor, and that's set in a hotel I stayed in in Williamsport in uh, Pennsylvania, which I deliberately went out of my way to visit and stay the night in uh, because of the legend of the 11th floor there. And I've written a variety of other books as well. Um, some are standalones. Um, and um, I've written, with the Psychic Survey series, I've also written three companion books um, to, that complement that series. And I've written Christmas ghost stories because uh, everyone loves a Christmas ghost story, as do I. That darkest time of the year, um, you know, we all want a little ghost story. Well, most of us do. <laughs> Normal ones. <laughs> I think Dickens started that trend and what a bloody good trend it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What I was wanting to mention as well was... Uh, getting on the subject again about haunted dolls because yeah it, it it fascinates me you know annabelle doll you know the the, the stuff that's that's yeah. happened because of that doll and you know then we'll have robert the doll as well oh, yeah. and for anybody watching who doesn't know about these please please read up on them and actually take it in what these, what, how dangerous these can actually be. People will just say, oh, it's only a doll, it's only a doll. No, I'm, I'm sorry, but the stuff that these, that these dolls have caused, it, it's, especially them too, you yeah. know, if I went to see them, it would, I would have to show the greatest of respect. People actually have to, you know, ask, they've been told, if they want to take their picture, they've got to ask the doll, or let the doll know I'm taking your picture now. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean the, this the story of Mandy. So don't forget to look up Mandy the haunted doll. The story yeah, of Mandy, Mandy as well um, is treated with the greatest of respect. I can assure you, I would not have taken that that task on if it wasn't treated with respect. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you do you you have to be careful. You have to get you know. When I've written some of my darker books, you know, it's it's like you really do, you really do have to be careful with what you're, you know, inviting in. Um, yeah, absolutely. Space, as it were, and be very careful when you know. Just just don't treat it. Just you know, it's not there for thrills. This is all real stuff. You know, we we're so much we don't understand about our world. You know, we live in a material world. But material world is just as bizarre as a spiritual when you think about it, and exactly spiritual world attached to it. This is not into this is not an entirely material existence. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having oh, you on. It's been lovely. And Thank you. Honestly, it's it's been great. Uh, do you want to just shout out? Uh, if, do you have like a website and stuff where people can find you and where they can find your books and stuff? 
Okay, um, my website, www.shaneystruthers.com. Um, you can also find me uh, on Amazon. My books are all on Amazon, Shaney Struthers. Um, and um, you can look up my author page. You'll see all the books on there. And, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And on, on social media, Facebook, I've got an author page, Shaney Struthers author. Um, I'm mainly on Facebook. I, I, I'm, I'm not really uh, – I just don't have time for the other. <laughs> I should. I should make time, but I don't have time for Insta and TikTok and what have you. I am on there, though, but uh, yeah. I, really, I really go on them. I'm just too busy yeah. right now. <laughs> not a problem. Well, again, Shani, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully some of the viewers out there will uh, will will see your books and, and go and buy them and, and have a read at them because uh, I'm actually going to go for one or two of them myself and, and have a read at them. Yeah, okay. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, thank you very much. It's been great being on and having a chat with you. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I'll stay in contact with you. And we might even have you on again sometime if you're... Yeah, sure. Up for it. Get, get, the, get a few more books out, and then we're going to have you on to promote them again and stuff. <laughs> Crack that whip. <laughs> <laughs> get writing. <laughs> you have to write your desk and start writing. <laughs> get, up here, get your pen and start writing. <laughs> but, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I hope your your books go well and the ones that you're writing and stuff go well as well. And... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll see you again at some point on here. And like I say, I'll stay in touch with you anyway. Thank you so much. Okay. No problem. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks, bye. And that's everything from Talking With The Source for this episode, but keep on watching for more. So goodbye for now.